What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 175 of the Designated Players Podcast and MLS History Retold. On this episode, FIFA is a great tool, great game, one we use as kids to discover hundreds of new players over the course of the last couple of years. But using it to scout players for a real team? That's something else, and something that the now-defunct Chivas USA tried in their first season. We'll follow that up with the story from Real Salt Lake, our first Real Salt Lake story, who got off to a rocky start in MLS, but highlighted it early in the year with a goal that will be remembered forever from the head of center back Brian Dunstead. All that and more on this week's episode of the Designated Players Podcast. Connor, how are you doing? You flubbed the intro. It's all this and more on MLS history retold, not the designated players podcast. Yeah, you're right. It's whatever. It's it's been a long day. So for for those of you who are listening, uh, this is we are recording four episodes in a row to get ahead because I am away doing some coaching. Um, so this the two the episode on Pro Rel, the episode on Saudi Arabia and the top 10 have all been recorded in the last four hours yeah and not to mention we recorded two of the friday fun days yesterday night so (laughs) within like within the 24 hour period we've recorded essentially like six episodes yeah so we're we're not we're not missing any content for you guys we're gonna get it out we're gonna get the clips made we're gonna do all of that we're content merchants Oh my god, we are absolutely slaying the game, as the kids say. Oh god, <laughs> come on, I'm cool. Just show me your scarf. Just show me your scarf, please. I beg of you. No, you know, I want you to show me your scarf. Fine, but once I have a relevant scarf for MLS history, one of my favorites, one of my firsts, also, I've got the RSL scarf. Can't see it on this side; it's just the city skyline. But this side is. Al Salt Lake. Do you want me? Do you want me to go next? Is that? Can you can you show me your LAFC scarf? Because LAFC, I guess, are Chivas now. There you go. Yeah, LAFC took the place of Chivas. I don't have a Chivas scarf. That should be one I need to get. Chivas. Um, they sell them still. I'm sure somebody's got them somewhere, right? Um, but yeah. So so I that's the scarf. We'll make it really quick. Uh, I believe I go first on this one. So. Let's do it to it. So the story is about how Chivas USA was using FIFA to scout players. How legitimate this is, I don't know. But it's kind of funny to chat about it. So let's let's just imagine for a second that this was the only way that they scouted players, just for the fun of it. Because FIFA, we love it, we hate it, we love to hate it. Mainly we love to hate how unrealistic it can be for player scouting and transfer moves in the ever-so-loved career mode game. You would see some of the craziest moves ever by season two or three, uh, including my personal favorite from FIFA 17, Jordan Morris to Real Madrid. Yeah. While Real Madrid in real life missed out on this opportunity to utilize the tool to obtain priceless scouting information on the world's greatest winger, Newly formed Chivas USA did not in 2004. So before we jump in, let's have a chat about how Chivas came to be. 
uh, because it's a little bit important for this story. Jose Vergara assumed ownership of Liga MX side Chivas Guadalajara in 2002. Subsequently, he met with MLS and purchased himself an expansion franchise in the growing league right in the heart of Southern California to rival the LA Galaxy. Why would he do this after he just bought an entire first team to begin with? Well, clearly he wanted a very easy pathway to get the young Mexican-Americans in Los Angeles to his first team in Chivas. He wanted to basically smooth that process over. Uh, and his only funneling or his only ideal was the funneling of those players. Nothing else. He didn't care if they were successful, unsuccessful, if they sold out or not. Sound like any team you know? Same. And that can't possibly go wrong, right? So in 2004, they were given MLS's 11th slot as a team and would begin play in 2005, which meant that in 2004, there was some work to do to put a team together, starting with the head coach. They named Thomas Ronjan, a name we know very well from this series already, working with Tampa Bay in 96, New England in 97 and 98, DCU from 99 to 2001, and then as part of the USU 20 staff until coming to Chivas in 2005. However, unlike his other teams, he was quickly brought to the realization that he may have gotten himself into a tougher situation than he was capable of handling. There are two main players in the Chivas USA ownership game. Vergara was the face of the franchise group. You knew him as the guy who owns the team. But as Ranjan quotes, a man named Antonio Quay, that was the money guy. Anything the club needed to run came out of this guy's pocket, including players, staff, facilities, the work. After the hiring of Ranjan, Quay invited him over for dinner with his family. And no, I don't mean his wife and kids. I mean his family, his brother, his uncles, and as I quote, other randomly assorted family members were present for this dinner, all scattered throughout the house. One of those family members was the nephew of Antonio Quay, a 10-year-old obsessed with the video game EA Sports FIFA. As the grown-ups sit in the den and talk about the team that they want to put together, this little 10-year-old boy is in the corner playing FIFA, as we all used to do. He perks up his ear and notices that they're talking about finding players. So, he, he throws in his two cents. Hey, what about this guy, he says. He's got really good marks. Now, it's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, we should sign this guy because he was good on FIFA. It's one thing to have a child try and jump into a, a, a grown-up conversation without having any actual knowledge about what's going on. But to take it with any sort of seriousness is kind of a red flag. Now. If it's your, if you are the owner of the guy, the money guy of the team, and your nephew does that, maybe you walk over just to encourage him a little bit or, or feed him on and, you know, let him think that he's having a say. But when both owners get up, walk over to the screen, take the controller and start flipping through the stats on FIFA 04, mind you, not FIFA 23 with all these in-depth stats, FIFA 04, where you were ranked one out of 10. 
that's when Ranjin kind of realized, uh-oh, what am I doing here? He's quoted as saying, I spent weeks trying to explain to them about the guys we wanted to get. Then this kid in the corner pipes up, and they're genuinely listening to him talk about these players. This guy's an eight or a nine or whatever it comes to when it, they're talking about his shot. The kids say, talk about a, I can't say that word. Talk about a, a, a poop show. You had the owner of the team listening to a child tell him what players to sign based on their FIFA score. Luckily for Ranjan, his time with the nightmare that was Chivas USA would be put to an end quickly after amassing a 1-8-1 record and being let go after a third of the MLS season. <clears throat> Perhaps the team should have used actual scouts instead of FIFA, and maybe they would have lasted longer than 10 years, but it also probably would have helped if this wasn't viewed as just a B team to develop and steal players to another league for a quick buck. That usually helps too. I've never seen that go wrong before. That's such a good story, honestly. That's so, so funny. That, that comes from a, an athletic article that I read called the 25 craziest stories in MLS history or something along those lines. Uh, there are a couple stories in here from that, from that story. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if you're basing it off of FIFA, it's no wonder that they are uh, they were dead last <laughs> in abysmal. Meanwhile, not to make my case for football manager, but uh, there was an article recently where Wayne, Wayne Rooney said that they use it for some scouting purposes. So, I mean, DC United don't happen to be in dead last and have like 18 points on the season or whatever, you know, just saying. <laughs> uh, that's a good you know one. who else was really bad hey don't make my transitions for me all right make you, your transition do you know who else was really bad no i don't <laughs> can you tell me real salt lake they're expansion Whoa, no buddies way. yeah 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 well, i'm gonna well i'm not here to tell you necessarily about how bad they are i'm going to anyway but uh the point is to tell you about their their first ever win in their expansion season in 2005. My sources are Transfer Market and Wikipedia for this one. No deep dive, no crazy articles for this. It's RSL's inaugural season in MLS. They are one of two new teams alongside the previously mentioned Chivas USA to join the league, making them the first expansion sides since 1998. The bar for expansion teams was set very high at this point, as Chicago won MLS Cup in their expansion season. Will RSL be able to replicate that early success? Well, first we have to start one game at a time. The team was headed by a few familiar veteran names, such as Clint Mathis, Jason Kreis, and Eddie Pope. We'll find out later how the rest of the team looked. In RSL's first ever MLS match, they were on the road at the Metro. This had to be one of the most boring debuts in history as the game finished 0-0. <laughs> the next game was another away match, this one in LA to take on the Galaxy. The first ever RSL player and everyone's favorite youth national team coach, Jason Kreis, would score the club's first ever goal. However, the goal did not help the result as they lost 3-1. Not the best start, but it's still early. Match day three finally gave RSL their first home game. 25,287 people packed into Rice-Eccles Stadium 
to watch the their brand new MLS side live for the first time ever as they took on the Colorado Rapids. For RSL fans, let's see how many of these names you remember. Here's how they lined up. DJ Countess, Eddie Pope, Brian Dunseth, Rusty Pierce, Marlon Rojas, Brian Comler, uh, Clint Mathis, Luke, oh boy, Luke Kremelmeyer, uh, Jason Kreis, Chris Brown, and this is my favorite name on the whole list, Dipsy Salalwane. <laughs> the game was pretty dead as both sides entered into halftime 0-0. It was starting to look at this point like the club was going to struggle to score goals as they had now played 225 minutes and only found one goal. However, however, speaking of one goal, that was all that was needed to win this game. In the 81st minute, Brian Dunseth would step up to be the hero as he found the end of a Clint Mathis free kick to head home and give RSL the lead, a lead in which RSL would see out to win their first ever MLS match and first ever home match. Despite that somewhat slow start to the season, this had to feel amazing for RSL fans at the stadium that day. Now I'm going to warn RSL fans, you may want to click off at this point because we're going to talk about the rest of the season for you. The start of the season was honestly not too bad for the side, seeing them have a 3-2-4 and four record and sitting 6th in the table. This would not last, however. <laughs> RSL fans, yeah, this, uh, here's my warning again. RSL fans, you may want to click off at this point in the video. They would follow this up by going winless for their next 10 games, which saw them only get two points in that span. This stretch would also include a, a streak of five straight games without scoring a goal, inspiring a whole next generation, specifically one Dutch manager. They'd break the streak with back-to-back -back wins, but what followed that was somehow even worse than the original losing streak. In their last 12 games, they earned just one point, losing 11 of the 12 games finishing the season. And miraculously, somehow, someway, maybe because of FIFA, they were not in last place. They were two points ahead of other expansion side Chivas USA. Maybe that's a, lo a low bar to beat, but they did beat the bar. If all of that wasn't bad enough, the side also got upset in their first U.S. Open Cup match, losing the USL side Minnesota Thunder. While the first year of RSL's existence was not anything to write home about, they were at least able to have some bright moments, such as their first ever home match win. And surely it can't get worse than this. Surely. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna continue on there. Um, I'm not gonna dive into like future seasons for them. We maybe that's a nah. future episode. Yeah. Was there any like video or any anything? I yeah, I tried looking for a video of it. I couldn't find anything. Hot stinks. Because I was really excited to hear like the the build up to it, but it sounds like it was a dull game. Yeah, I mean, one zero game. Yeah. Waiting until the last um, minute to score. I mean, it, I'm sure it was exciting still because they got to watch their team win. And pretty late on, it was like 81st minute when they scored. Yeah. I say, well, uh, really sly little remark there with the uh, Dutch manager. That's going to be niche for like 4% of our, of our population here. 
it took me a second to get it too. <laughs> Those um, who know will know. I'll say, yeah, if you know, make sure you leave us a comment because I want to know how your ball knowledge is. I know this Dutch uh, manager a little too well. Yeah, don't we all? Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you go follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You know, when the next episode goes live. And because we've done four of these in a row, I've got no idea when the next one is or what it's going to be. So don't I ask. Do. What is it? I can look it up. Oh, no, I meant what the next like episode, not like the next history episode, what the no. next proper episode is. I don't know. Um, yeah, me either. Might be a top 10. Who knows? By the time I come back in two weeks, the you know MLS might have folded by now. Who knows? <laughs> uh, That's Renato's dream. <laughs> um, make sure you follow us where we get your social media so you can interact with us. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok because that's where we all are. We love interacting with our fans and, and chatting with you guys. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. And we will see you on the next episode of the Designated Players Podcast. Bye-bye.